Mission Control, come in. Go ahead, negative positives. We are preparing to upload photographic data. Ready to receive photographic data. Louisville, we have a problem. Come back, negative positives. It appears our transmission is being jammed. Negative positives, this is Mission Control. We are receiving alternative data from an unidentified speaking object. Welcome to the Old Camera Guy Podcast Episode 2, Electric Boogaloo. You didn't ask for it, but you got it. In proud partnership with the Negative Positives Film Photography Presents feed, and if that sounds like a blatant ripoff of the Sun of 16 Presents feed, well, that's because it is. The opening music was the track Inclement from Mike Gutterman's album Acoustic Music for Productions Volume 3, available at mikegutterman.bandcamp.com. So today I want to talk a little bit about picking out your camera gear for a trip. And of course that's going to look different depending on what kind of trip you're taking. Now I'm not talking about your everyday carry or EDC. I definitely don't carry a film camera around with me every day. My everyday carry is my phone. Now I'm still carrying around my iPhone XR from 2018. It makes random buzzing noises. It butt dials people. But there's nothing wrong with the camera. I thought keeping my phone for four and a half years was pretty amazing until I heard Ted Vieira was rocking an iPhone 6S until it died recently. I think he picked up an iPhone 13 to replace it. And if my math is correct, that should be twice as good as the 6S. Anyway, my phone's got my digital needs covered. So the whole reason this topic is top of mind is at the time I'm recording this, I'm getting ready to take a long weekend trip to Chicago. My son's going to be in the St. Patrick's Day Parade with his high school marching band and I'm tagging along. So before I even think about picking out camera gear for a trip, I like to do some research about the area I'm headed. Uh, what is there to see? What are the attractions? What are their addresses? What's the weather like? For me, Google and Google Maps make this process easier than ever. You can zoom in street level. They've got satellite pictures. It's pretty slick. Once I figure out what there is to see, the next step is kind of a Venn diagram in my head. So the first circle is what might be cool to photograph what might be interesting to you life's too short to shoot stuff you don't care about shoot your passion the stuff that lights your fire uh, the second circle is what is feasible to get to on your trip now that's going to depend on a couple of things how long is your trip are you going to have enough time to see all this stuff are the locations or attractions close together are they far apart and then there's the logistics of transportation. Are you flying? Will you have a car? Are you taking public transportation? So once you see how those first two circles overlap, you'll have a better idea of your subject matter or what you're going to be taking pictures of. Now that we've got our subject matter narrowed down, we can start looking for gear that would capture that subject matter well. Color film, black and white. Uh, for me, it's usually some of both. And once you see the weather forecast, you can get a better feel for what film speed or ISO might work well for your conditions. My hot take, or at least warm take, is that I almost always shoot at box speed. If it's dark, use high speed film. If it's sunny, use low speed film. I don't push or pull film as a rule. I get that some people push or pull for aesthetic reasons, uh, the grain, the contrast, and whatnot. But for me, it's more a matter of using the right tool for the right job. There's a reason there's 50 speed film and 3200 speed film. I'm with Mike Rosso on this one. Hashtag 
shoot box speed. All right, grumpy old man rant over. Moving on to picking the camera slash cameras. If you're going to be hiking miles and miles, you may not want to lug around that RB or Pentax 6.7 or large format camera. But if you do, hey, more power to you. I'm a big fan of lightweight gear. We'll get to my gear in a little bit. If you've got a camera system with interchangeable lenses, one of the most important choices would be what lens or lenses to take with you. You want to take night shots handheld? Yeah, you better bring a fast lens with a nice wide aperture. You want to get shallow depth of field images? Well, same thing. If you're going on safari, bring a long telephoto so you don't get eaten. The other thing I look at is if the subject matter or gear might serve a project you're working on. And that could look like a lot of different things. Maybe you're making a zine about a certain subject, or maybe a zine with particular film stock. You may be writing a blog about a certain camera and want to take that camera on the trip. You may be participating in a community project like the Frugal Film Project and Kill Two Birds with One Stone. For me, I'm usually thinking about my next YouTube video and if the gear I take on a trip might serve the video as well. Alright, that's the general stuff I think about when picking out photographic gear for a trip. Now, I'm going to get a little more specific. So, the regular Negative Positives crew usually talks about what they did, photographically speaking, the previous week. I'm going to flip that around and do a little time traveling and tell you what I'm going to be doing in the next week. So for this Chicago trip, I'm driving five hours to Michigan City, Indiana, parking my car there and taking the South Shore Line train the rest of the way into Chicago, which means I'm not going to have a car with me. I'm going to be using public transportation to get around, and that means I'm going to be traveling light. So first rule is no heavy gear. I'm leaving the Pentax 6.7 at home. I love that camera, but it is a beast. So I need something lightweight, but I still want something that gives me a decent amount of control over the final images. By definition, most point-and-shoots don't give you much control. That's why they're called point-and-shoots, right? When it comes to lightweight cameras with variables you can control, the first thing that comes to mind for me is the Canon Rebel series. I mentioned these in my first podcast. And I hate to sound like a broken record, but these Rebels are super versatile. You can go program, full manual, shutter priority, or my favorite, aperture priority. I'm bringing two Rebel bodies, the Rebel TI and the T2. I plan on using them both, or if one dies, at least I've got a backup. Alright, I've got my main camera bodies picked out, so what about lenses? Well... I do plan on getting some night photography in, and since I'm traveling light, I'm not going to be schlepping around a tripod, so I need a fast lens. My Canon 50mm f1.4 lens is perfect. Now walking around the city during the day, I want something a little wider for architectural shots, so I'm bringing my favorite walk-around lens, the Canon 40mm f2.8 pancake lens. So I got my main cameras and lenses set, but there's always room for a pocket camera, right? But I want to make sure my pocket camera brings something new to the table, something that isn't covered by the Canon Rebels. Well, that's where the Lomo Apparat comes in. It's got a super wide 21mm lens, crazy vignetting, color flash gels, and a trippy kaleidoscope filter too. Plus, I'm working on another Lomo Apparat video, so it checks that box as well. Alright, so now I've got all the cameras and lenses settled. I just need to pick the film. Again... Handheld night photography calls for fast lenses and fast film. It just so happens I've got some Portra 800 in the fridge. That'll fit the bill. Uh, I'm also planning on doing some indoor shooting at a mausoleum inspired by the work of one of my favorite photographers, Octavia Sharp. 
so that extra speed will come in handy there too. Now for the Lomo Apparat, you can't control the aperture. It does have bulb mode, but again, I'm not bringing a tripod, so I'm really just gonna rely on matching the film speed to the conditions. I'm gonna bring a roll of Fuji Superior 400 in case it's overcast, and a roll of Kodak Gold in case I get a sunny day. When I do my final packing, if I think there's room for a couple rolls of black and white, I'll do a similar thing with a roll of Double X and a roll of HP5+. Okay, that's a lot of film, but I'm planning on taking one more roll. You see, I recently picked up a couple rolls of Luminar 100, which is another one of those repackaged Kodak era color films like Santa Color 100 and Flick Electra 100. Well, I shot the first roll here in Ohio, and I really like what it did with red, so I can't wait to shoot the second roll in Chinatown. I'm putting together a video featuring Luminar 100, so I'll be able to use some of the Chinatown shots for that too. Okay, that's the film, the cameras, the lenses. We're almost done, but we can't forget about the batteries. I always like loading fresh batteries for a trip when I can. Uh, the Canon Rebel TI and T2 both take two CR2 batteries, so I'll throw an extra set of those in the bag. The Lomo Apparat takes one AA battery, which is really just for the flash, which I probably won't use much anyway. So I don't really need to bring another AA+. Plus, there's a Walgreens in every other corner in Chicago, so if my AA taps out, I'll just pick up another at the drugstore. In addition to the cameras, the lenses, the film, and the batteries, the only other thing I'll probably bring is a lens cleaning cloth. It's going to be in the 30s the whole time we're there, so cleaning cloth is nice to have when those lenses fog up. Some people like to keep a log of what they're shooting, so one of those photo memo notebooks from Mike Padua over at Shoot Film Co. would have you covered there. I mentioned that the high temperatures are only going to get up to the 30s, that's Fahrenheit, so that means I'll be wearing the big heavy winter coat with big old pockets, and that means, realistically, I might not even need a camera bag when I'm out and about. If I put the Rebel TI with the 50mm lens around my neck, the Rebel T2 with the pancake lens and extra batteries in one pocket, and the Lomo Apparat and extra film in the other pocket, I should be good to go. Alright, that's it. That's all the gear I'm taking, and remember, this is Chicago I'm going to, so if I need some emergency film, that just gives me an excuse to pop into the legendary central camera on South Wabash, and you can bet I'll be taking pictures of that iconic neon, too. If you want to hear me ramble on even more about film photography, check out my YouTube channel, The Old Camera Guy. I've got over 230 videos all about film photography, so what I lack in quality, I make up for in quantity. I think that about wraps this one up, so until next time, do some good, have some fun, and shoot some film. Or don't. I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life. Take us home, Mr. Gutterman.
This has been a presentation of OCG Media, LLC, BR 549. Thank you for listening to this listener takeover edition of the Negative Positives Podcast. If you would like to take over the Negative Positives Podcast and have your very own episode, it's very simple. Just talk about anything in your film photography journey and send that audio file to the email address negpositives at gmail.com. That is N-E-G-positives at gmail.com. You can also join our Facebook group, the Negative Positives Film Photo Podcast Facebook group. We have an Instagram account under the account name Negative Positives. If you submit photos to Instagram, think about using the hashtag Negative Positives. And you can support this program on Coffee. That is ko-fi.com slash negative positives. Everybody stay positive and shoot some cool film photos. Gutter Man Cave Production!